What's up? It's your girl, the Brass Knuckle Beauty, a.k.a. the Blind Marketer, a.k.a. your number one universal accomplice. And you are a universal accomplice, too. Accommodations. Let's talk about it. Accommodations are something that are very personal. So first, we're going to talk about accommodations just in life, right? Accommodations are things that help support you. And I'm going to use a multitude of different examples so we get this. So, like, when I teach accessibility and activism workshops, I like to teach people to be mindful of other people's experience. So let's just say you have an event, right? But you use, like, the world's smallest chairs. For individuals that are plus size, sitting in a small folding chair is like you know i don't know stepping on a lego that's that's dramatic but it's it's true it's like stepping on a lego however if you have the option for chairs and benches you're kind of providing uh, accommodation and you're being subtle and it's very nuanced right one of the things that used to make me like you know you know, fumes steaming out the ears was when I would go to conferences and they would like care tremendously about our pronouns. Like what type of food do you want? Are you this, that, or the other? And then they would say, okay, accommodations that you would need. And so I would never have any of my accommodations and my accommodations for conferences were quite simple. Please send me a PDF copy of the Um, the rundown of the events that's going on. If there is traveling from location to location, I might need assistance with that or please provide me with a map in advance. Those were super simple, not super rough. Like even if it was like a conference, a real good conference, if a presenter is presenting and they have like handouts, now I have the ability to, I can take a picture with my phone and have something read it, right? But that technology was not there. And so in frustration of not having my needs met at a conference, uh, I started, you know, giving workshops on the miseducation of disability, accessibility and activism and, you know, um, the miseducation of accessibility. Like it just it was my catalyst to be like, let's change some of these things. Now, getting back to accommodations, it's a very personal thing, just like an IEP right? An individual education plan that people have when they are a student um, with a varying ability. Fortunately for myself, I have been advocating for over 20 years, not just for, um, for my son and for other people. I've sat on, a, sat in multiple IEPs, helping parents that did not understand the language and demanding the things that their students needed so they could thrive academically. Little did I know this would help me on my journey. My accommodations for college were as followed. I had triple time. I had readers. And those were people that helped me search and seek information and helped me just line up my paper, edit my papers, and help with the submission process, right? Had all of that. I was doing everything in tandem. I did not go to a school for the blind strictly because I was cash rules, everything around me. I was looking at what would benefit me the most financially emotionally and support me on my life's journey and that was going to school 
So I didn't even start mobility training until about five, six months after everything happened. So until then, I never had a cane, didn't know about getting a cane, none of those things. Um, promptly started mobility training. I talked with the assistive, assistive technology teacher at the college that I was in. She said, get a MacBook. She's like, tell your worker you want a MacBook Pro. She's like, I'm teaching another student with a MacBook. It's going to be awesome. So I had a MacBook Pro. They were trying to teach me uh, Kurzweil and Dragon, and those just weren't working as good as they work now. And technology changed. She also did write and tell them, you need to give her an iPhone because I asked my workers like, Hey, do you think, what do you think about getting me an iPhone? Cause they, they at initially when I got screened to, for what technology I needed, they were like, well, you can't see enough to have a CCTV. But what they didn't know was I had a really bad cataract. And so that's why I couldn't see enough to see on a CCTV. So going through that process, my assistive technology teacher, she was like, no, I'm going to advocate for you. And so I got like three people to write me letters. And I told my worker, I was like, hey, if you had three people come in and tell me I need an iPhone. Don't you think that maybe I need an iPhone? And so literally um, that April, that first April that I was in school, I had gotten my iPhone, my iPhone 5. But I've literally bought every iPhone since then, because, you know, if I had a 5 now, I wouldn't be able to do anything. And so those were kind of my accommodations. And having that reader was very supportive and helpful for me because I didn't know I had ADHD. And I just recently found that out. And that's one of the things that a person with ADHD needs is sometimes they need a body double to help them manage their executive functioning. And that's a reasonable accommodation. Yet what might be reasonable to you and reasonable to another person are two different things, right? So you can never, ever say, hey, that's not a good accommodation. You're making blind people look bad because you have this accommodation. That's not calling the community members in. That's shaming the community, right? And we don't want to do that. So those were kind of my accommodations. Then at Santa Cruz, I was like, so we're not doing anything about quality of life because I had what was called sighted guide service. And they actually was a service that took blind students to and from their courses because um, it's a it's a rigorous terrain. I've walked all over that campus. I've done that campus. But as far as being the class on time, having being in the right state of mind, because sometimes when you travel, you can get flustered. It can be an experience. You're you're moving and grooving with 17000 other people um, in a campus that's literally (laughs) set in the middle of a mountain. It's a beautiful campus. And so I had sighted guide service. And I realized that at Santa Cruz, um, my first semester, I almost failed out because I didn't have the resources and tools that I need. Department of Rehab takes a while to get you, I don't know, a computer if you need it for college. I was doing my homework at five o'clock in the morning on an iPad that I bought and my cell phone. And I didn't have a reader. All the tools that I had that made me successful having almost a very high GPA at my community college, I didn't have at Santa Cruz because the director there thought I didn't need them. And I had one of the biggest scholarships where I was supposed to have resources and things like that. And so I just found my state in the sense of like, where do I go? What do I do? So I packed all my crap and I literally left and I was like, I'm never coming back here. (laughs) 
And literally my mom, like two days before I'm supposed to go, she's like, you're going back to college. She's like, you're going to get this degree. And I was like, I know, but I was being dramatical for a reason. Uh, I emailed everybody, the DRC, my provost, um, all of my professors, and I laid it out. I was like, these are the things I need. I'm at a PWI, that's a predominantly white institution, as a black woman, and I am struggling. I am a person that helps retain people, yet I can't retain myself at this institution. Let's talk about the systemic problems and let's try to fix it. So when I came, they came into my dorm and they're like, hey, can we talk? And they handed me a laptop, handed me my uh, my CD-ROM drive, and they're like, what else do you need? So we talked for about an hour and I got everything that I needed. And it wasn't, your needs are never astronomical. Now, if you're saying, I need a yacht, that's a problem. But saying, hey, is it possible for sighted guide service to take me to events that happen on the weekends, that happen, you know, after 6 p.m.? And it was, but I never knew that I could ask for that. So then I found myself socializing with more people being out and about. And then I told him, I go, you know what? It's sometimes very lonely and offsetting. Would it be cool if like my reader came with me to some of these events? And it was like super dope because then I wasn't worried about the event person trying to fulfill and satiate all of my needs. I had a homie because I was always a homie with my reader And I always was like, hey, you want to go to this thing? Are you busy on this night? And if they weren't free, then I would just go by myself. But I would contact the people and be like, hey, I'm coming. Um, How what does accommodating my needs looks like? And then that's when I started doing workshops on accessibility and activism and just event planning with the intentions to support all the people that walk through the doors. Right. And so I graduated with, um, from Santa Cruz with a super high GPA. And the things that I wish I would have done is, number one, fight for my grades more. Because one of my accommodations is that I'm not de- docked for punctuation, grammar, and so much more. And so, but I didn't argue those things. Like, I actually, actually like, would let my, like, I could challenge your grades. You could challenge your grades for up to a year. And for some reason, it just wasn't in me to challenge those grades. And even though I'm super duper strong, I still was shy and timid about those things. Now uh-uh, I'm challenging everything. Let, let's talk about this. Let's fix this. But I think what I want everybody to realize is that with your accommodations, they're personal. So if you're going to call somebody out or tell them that they're being a bad blind person, you don't have that right because you don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know if they have a nonverbal learning difference. You don't know any of those things. You don't know if they're neurodivergent or on the a- or they're ASD1. You don't know. So if you don't know, you cannot speak on the behalf of everyone and say you're being a bad person because you're asking for this. It has to be something that's going to help you change the trajectory of your life. So I hope you like this little story. I know it's longer than my usual podcast, but hey, it is what it is. Remember to live, love, and be inspired by the choices you make. And most of all, keep your cane hands strong.